Hello, listeners. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jackie Hagans. I hope you had a wonderful week and are excited to dive into this week's episode. For me, this is more than a podcast. It is a chance for me to reach out to listeners who are eager to join me in a discussion guided by God's Word on the issues and events shaping the country today. Whether you are new to God's Word or a lifelong Christian, together we will discuss how faith and government can commingle and ally themselves in the campaign against the chaos engulfing our country. This is Truth and Consequences. Let's get started. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1, verses 26 through 27. Do everything in dependence on me. The desire to act independently, apart from me, springs from the root of pride. Self-sufficiency is subtle, insinuating its way into your thoughts and actions without your realizing it. But apart from me, you can do nothing. That is, nothing of eternal value. My deepest desire for you is that you learn to depend on me in every situation. I move heaven and earth to accomplish this purpose. But you must collaborate with me in this training. Teaching you would be simple if I negated your free will. However, I love you too much to withdraw the godlike privilege I bestowed on you as my image bearer. Use your freedom wisely by relying on me constantly. Thus you enjoy my presence and my peace. Jesus Calling, Sarah Young. Oh my goodness, as I am writing this, I am having a come-to-Jesus moment, literally meaning feeling the Holy Spirit in real time. Those who may not know what this means, it means a moment of sudden realization, comprehension, or recognition. This moment is regarding truth and consequences, this podcast, and my personal feelings and hang-ups. I don't think I have been completely honest with myself or even God as to my true feelings about this podcast. Now, I realize that God has known all along, and it is me that is just now realizing this. But I have been really praying about this lately, asking for God to show me, to tell me what it is He wants me to know. And I believe it is that knowledge that I am realizing full force right now as I am writing. As you are aware, or at least some of you are, this podcast was an answer to a prayer, a calling, if you will, from God as a way to take all my frustrations, concern, and basic anger about what was happening in our country in the summer of 2020, along with His Word, and to somehow bring them together. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, God called me to do this podcast. To co-mingle them, my concerns, frustrations, along with His Word, and show how they can ally themselves 
in what we see is today's chaos, all for the good of our country, and to build a community of like-minded people around the podcast. That is what I thought the plan was for this podcast, hence the name Truth and Consequences. Truth being God's Word and Consequences being the what happens if we, you, me, our country, no longer follow His Word. But God has had a much bigger plan and a much bigger purpose for this than I ever dreamed. I should have realized this when I was writing episode number two, that I planned to be about one thing, and he led me completely down a different path to the story of Job. Now, you keep in mind, I am not a pastor, not even a Sunday school teacher, but I am a child of God. As I go back and listen to these, to the past episodes, the messages are amazing as our God is. And I think, how? And I know it wasn't me. I am not boasting or patting myself on the back. God has had his hand on each and every episode. To God be all the glory. The message of every one shines the light of Jesus Christ. With the exception of current events, each episode carries with it a very important, relevant message for today. What about my come-to-Jesus moment? It seems that a bit of pride and self-centeredness has raised its sinful head, and I have some repenting to do. Without trying to justify my behavior, but to just explain it, I have basically been so upset about what is going on in our country that I care so much about, a country that I want so badly to be around for my grandchildren that I can't hardly stand to watch the lies of the media, the deception of this president, the corruption of the government that is destroying America from within. It is worse than when the podcast started, how we seem to sit on the sidelines helpless and what seems like voiceless day in and day out, while we watch our country deteriorate into something unrecognizable to me. So, instead of putting my faith and trust in God along with the podcast, I have allowed my personal feelings to interfere with my service and commitment to God. This all started to become clear to me following our last episode and during my study of Discerning the Voice of God with Priscilla Shire. As I dug deeper and deeper and the Holy Spirit revealed more and more, remember, God is a good Father and He is faithful. This is not my podcast, but is a way to serve God. What does that mean exactly? Well, for me, that means a way for the light of Jesus to shine through me onto others, to reach out to those people, those listeners that need to hear the message that this podcast, the one that he leads and I follow, sends, and the community of like-minded people that Truth and Consequences has begun to build. And for those people, you, those that listen, for you 
to share. You also have the ability to serve by sharing this podcast with others. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I am completely humbled right now in His presence, my heart wide open, completely surrendered to His will. I remember this part of our study with Priscilla that says, But God has thought of everything. Can you just trust Him in that? The architect of your life knows exactly what He is doing. He knows what you love and what delights you the most based on how He's created you. He's created you, and He has incorporated all these things into a plan that best enables you to what He wants done, even as you express your individuality, even if you can't see how some of the details fit together in the overall design. That's not just a message for me, but a message for you. He created you for His plan and His purpose. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15 verse 5. Sometimes don't you just feel white-knuckled, hanging on to the vine, surrendered, humbled, open to His will. There is great peace in knowing and living, relinquishing all control to God in the knowledge that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. You know, I have been reading the Gospel of John in my quiet time. Well, I have been talking about it with God, asking, How, Lord, how can Jesus be standing right there in the middle of your people, the apple of your eye, and they not see his light, especially after seeing all his good works and hearing him and being so close to him. How can their hearts be so closed and hard when they are the teachers of your word, of your laws? And then he reminds me, they are only human as we all are. Jesus brings to light that there are no differences between the Jews and Gentiles then and the who we are today. There are many that get confused when it comes to good versus evil, free will versus predestination, and the goodness of our Father, because our Father is a good 
loving Father. There is a difference between the world and the spiritual realm. The world is tangible, and it is what we know. It is what we were physically born into, raised and lived in, and will physically die out of, no longer exist in. It is very temporary. According to Dr. David Jeremiah in the book of Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, the theme of the book reverberates how life is meaningless, futile, absurd, unless God is acknowledged. Solomon has looked everywhere for meaning in life and found worldly answers lacking. What would be an example of worldly answers? Material things, cars, houses, money, clothes, jewelry, sports, you get the picture. When God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, there's more to it. He created us with hearts to love, to have and to desire relationships, and then giving each of us the gift of free will, allowing us the ability to choose him or not. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, Solomon writes, He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Predestination versus free will. How can these two be reconciled? This has sparred many discussions in our life group and in our family. What about yours? In Ephesians 1, verses 3-5, through 5, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption to the Sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. So some think we don't have a choice. But I found this explanation online that I believe was so simple and direct regarding this verse, verse 4, that I thought I would share it. A close examination of the words in verse 4 reveals a pre-Genesis conditional choice of a group, not individual, to be holy and blameless. The group is those who are in Him. The condition of being in Him is belief. Verse 4 says, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Now in Ephesians 1, verse 13, it says that we are sealed in Him when we believed. So that the condition of entering the group called in Him is faith. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are sealed and are now in Him and have become holy and blameless. So simply put, hypothetically, before little Joey was born, God did not predestine him to be a member of the family of God. Through the gift of free will given to Joey by God, Joey will make that choice himself to become a member of, the, of God's family or not. The choice will belong to Joey. Now online it says that the Bible speaks matter-of-factly about children who do not know enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. 
Isaiah 7, verse 16, that one reason people are guilty before God, Romans 1, says that they refuse to acknowledge what is clearly seen and understood concerning God. Verse 20, people who upon seeing and evaluating the evidence of nature reject God are without excuse, unquote. Throughout Scripture, it is supported that children are not held accountable for making a belief decision when they are unable to understand the decision. And always keep in mind Matthew 19, verse 14. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The character of God is love. God is love. When thinking about the Gospel of John and how Jesus, the Son of God, was walking among the people who had been reading his word and studying the law, laws and the law of Moses and all the prophets of the Old Testament, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and then the numerous minor prophets, all of them, and teaching God's chosen people throughout time, the laws and obedience and the consequences of sin, and Scripture telling them about the coming of the Messiah and the second coming of Christ, all of this being revealed through the prophets to the Jews in the Old Testament, the Torah. Yet when the time actually arrived and Jesus came among them, they could not see, they could not hear, they did not accept Jesus as the Messiah. What happened? Why could they not see? Why were their hearts closed and hardened? Please don't misunderstand. There were many Jewish people that became believers and followers of Jesus, along with many Gentiles. In John 12, verse 42 through 43, it says, Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him, Jesus, but because the Pharisees that would not confess their faith for fear, they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved praise from men more than praise from God. This reminds me of a very important verse in Matthew 10, verse 33, when Jesus says, But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. That, my friends, is not worth the praise of any man, period. When I say they, I mean the leaders, teachers. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were both religious sects within Judaism during the time of Christ. Both groups honored Moses and the laws, and they both had a measure of, wait for it, political power. Why and what is it about all of this that makes then so important for us today here in America? Bear with me here as we look and compare just a little closer. The Sanhedrin was a 70-member Supreme Court of ancient Israel that had members from both religious sects, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Notice two groups. It's important to know the difference, however, between the two, which I found in an article online. The Sadducees 
read and followed the word literally and didn't have near the run-ins with Jesus. They pretty much stayed in Jerusalem around the temple and stayed close with the Romans. The Pharisees, however, were more representative of the common working people and had the respect of the masses, and they controlled the synagogues, which explains why Jesus crossed paths with them more often. I was amazed at the difference in their beliefs. It seems that the Sadducees rejected, denied the idea of an afterlife, holding that the soul perished at death, rejected the idea of an unseen spiritual world. The Pharisees believed in an afterlife and in an appropriate reward and punishment for individuals and taught the existence of angels and demons in the spiritual realm. Completely different ideologies on the same court for the same nation. What did they have in common? They were Israelites. They were the apple of God's eye. They were descendants of Abraham and therefore a part of the covenant that God made in Genesis 12, verses 2 through 3. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So let's quickly make the connection. The Sanhedrin could be our Congress, our legislative branch. The Sadducees and Pharisees are two major our two major political parties. Our founders made a covenant with God beginning with the Mayflower Compact. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, the law of our land, came from biblical principles, were set. The United States of America has always been a friend, a supporter, an ally to Israel. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse and all people on earth will be blessed through you. So let's move on. The Israelites had not heard from God for over 400 years since the prophet Malachi. God had been silent. That is a lot of generations. That is a lot of time for humanity, flesh, influence to become a dominant factor in the lives of these people. They had the Torah, the laws, leaders, and traditions, a way of life for 400 years before the arrival of Jesus. Bottom line, power, money, and greed can blind good people. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and now am here. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Yet I tell the truth. You do not believe me. He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. John 8, verses 42 through 45 and 47. Look at what was happening back then in ancient Israel and what is happening in America today. The comparison is real. Their leaders cared more about power and greed 
than the people they were to teach and protect, so much so that they encouraged the crucifixion of the Messiah in an effort to hang on to their way of life. But we also know in this case, what was meant for evil, God meant for good. Our leaders are destroying our republic of over 245 years of age. They have opened our borders to millions of unknowns. They continue to show blatant injustice to some of our own citizens in an extreme corrupt federal government. We were a superpower that has become a weak disgrace on the world stage in two years. We have an administration that is bargaining with an enemy of Israel that continues to send billions of dollars and military equipment to known corrupt governments. We do not know in this case what God has in store for America, but we can hold on to the facts that our God is good and that His purpose is not to harm us, but to give us hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. The 2022 election should shine a light, at least on a direction. Dr. Jeremiah explains John 12, verses 42 through 46 this way. Many leaders believed because of what they saw Jesus do and heard him say, but they were secret disciples, afraid to publicly confess their faith. Leaders who seek human praise do not achieve the approval or accomplish the purposes of God. When Christians live with the darkness of sin in their lives, their communication with God is broken. Confessing and renouncing their sin is the only way to restore God's light in their lives. So there's hope in confessing and turning away from sin. What is happening in America today is not something that has happened overnight. As we have discussed before many times, people turn a blind eye, become complacent, apathetic, self-centered, and slowly lose their focus on who is really in control. Who is the creator of all? Everything, down to the grains of sand on the beaches. All he did was allow us, man, to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. He put us in charge, but God is the creator, and the creator is always greater than the creation, something that America and the world seem to be forgetting. When the Bible says that Satan is the God of the world of this world, it is not saying he is he has ultimate authority. It is conveying the idea that Satan is the major influence on the ideals, opinions, goals, hopes, and views of the majority of people. His influence also encompasses the world's philosophies, education, and commerce. The thoughts, ideas, speculations, and false religions of the world are under his control and have sprung from his lies and deceptions. Satan is also called the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2 verse 2. 
which signifies that in some way he rules over the world and the people in it, but not completely. God is still sovereign, but it does mean that God, in his infinite wisdom, has allowed Satan to operate in this world within the boundaries God has set for him. It is not complicated. God has given us a choice of good versus evil. It is not complicated. Which side do you choose? God, good, or the world, evil? As said in Colossians 1, verse 13, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Dr. Jeremiah writes regarding John 12, verse 31, about Satan and the world and the victory in the end. He says, When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, Genesis 3, they forfeited oversight of the created world to Satan, the prince of this world. The Gospel of John is, in a sense, about the clash between the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. It is a conflict with a known ending. Jesus will reclaim the world for God, who will put it under Christ's rule, and he will reign with the saints. Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6. We know the ending. Victory is ours. Let's close. Dear Lord, there is so much to be thankful for and so much to be grateful for. But first, we want to just praise you for who you are, our creator, our king, our savior, the giver of life and light, the great I am of everything. We worship you and only you To you be all the glory. We thank you for the many blessings you have given each of us, the little miracles that we see throughout our days when we just stop and open our eyes and look. We ask you, Lord, to fill us with your Spirit, to be the light on the paths that you put in front of us. I ask you, Lord, to bless the listeners that found this podcast today. Keep them safe and healthy. Give them the courage and the confidence to use this podcast to serve by reaching out and share this podcast with others. We ask this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. That concludes this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I'm grateful for all my listeners that take the time to join an extremely important discussion. I'm truly blessed to have this opportunity to reach out to others and to build this beautiful community. For me, this is a unique privilege to serve God, and I hope this podcast will encourage others to serve. Now, an easy way to serve is to help our community grow by sharing the podcast on social media. The podcast has its own Facebook page titled Truth and Consequences. It also can be found on Twitter and Instagram under the username Truth and Cons. 
I'll post all the vital information for the podcast on the social media pages. This will include episode release times, discussion topics and questions, and prayer requests. Please share this with your friends and family. Again, thank you for your support, and I'll see you all next week. May God bless you, and God bless America. America.